Hello and welcome to Cavell Cloud Conversations. I'm Finbar Goodbegley, Senior Research Analyst at the Cavell Group, experts in cloud comms, cloud networking, and cloud in general. Um, here today with this exciting episode, we're going to be talking about extended reality with my colleague Patrick Watson. We talk about M&A and telecoms following our recent telecoms invest event at the Gherkin. Great episode um, for you today, so stay tuned for those exciting topics. Hello then to my colleague uh, Patrick joining us to talk about extended reality. We of course were both at the Invest Telecoms event, which I've already mentioned to you, um, and he his main topic of conversation was extended reality. So he's here to talk to you about what he said then and the interesting parts of that for the telecoms investment side of things. Yeah, it, it, I, I think what we were asked to look at was emerging technology areas or technology areas that are going to potentially provide some sort of value and um, from we were looking at it from particularly from the sphere of the communications industry and everyone when you think about extended reality so that's sort of an umbrella term that covers augmented reality virtual reality mixed reality people might think oh actually this isn't particularly relevant for the communications market definitely at the moment maybe in 10 years in the future it might be but i think actually and from discussions that you and I have had as well, it, it's pretty relevant now. Uh, and I thought my, the sort of key point I was making uh, during the event last week was that the world's leading technology vendors are already looking at this. So if you look at people like Microsoft, they have their HoloLens devices, which are glasses which augment visuals on top of your real world uh, view so that you can you know, carry out extended tasks with additional information and, and visuals, or you could effectively see something through someone else's eyes in a different location, which is particularly useful. Cisco are doing some stuff uh, in terms of uh, their uh, holographic uh, displays, WebEx hologram hybrid work solution, which is a new platform which effectively allows people with head mounted displays to, to look at some sort of 3D holographic content and discuss that or edit that. So that, that was sort of the main point that the world's leading technology vendors are already looking at this through the scope of communication. So it's probably much more immediately relevant to the communications industry as a whole than, than people maybe think it is. Mm. But we're at that tricky stage really where you've got, in the, in the room last week we had a lot of people with a lot of money and if there was something, you can't point them towards something to go and buy for their business right now that will actually, like their customers are asking for. No, 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 you're effect no, you're right. Effectively, at the moment, you can't do that. Although one of the other things I did look at was that there is a lot of M&A activity within the space. Um, as you said, whether it's particularly relevant for sort of your what you might describe as your everyday national telecommunications provider at the moment or service provider, probably not. But there are there have been a lot of acquisitions of uh, startups in the AR VR space. So I looked over the last 12 months and there were 69 acquisitions of, of different companies in those space. And, and Google made uh, several acquisitions. I think they've made three within the last few mm. months of AR VR companies. So you're right, whether there's anything tangible you can do at the moment, possibly not, but it's probably worth, and I think we were discussing this after the event, it's probably worth thinking about what your strategy might be for extended reality now and and who you might partner with looking at what some of those leading what cisco are doing what google are doing what microsoft are doing what apple are doing apple are doing lots of interesting stuff and there's always been talk of them coming from the uh, uh, consumer 
telecommunications world into the the, the more business focused area. So, where, so whether that happens or not, but I think yeah, you're right. Possibly at the moment, there's not so much you can do. I think it's worth being aware of it and mm. thinking about how that might impact your future strategy. So really, what we're talking about at the moment is we're at a strategic point where it's like you've seen that there's a big expenditure on the horizon. And as a company, you have a choice to start putting money aside, figuring out who that money's going to might need to go to, which vendors are doing interesting things, so that when it comes, you're not suddenly there being like, oh, we haven't got a plan for this. We haven't got a budget for this. How do we deal with it, right? Because if you tell your CFO now that you might need to spend $5 million on R&D in, in 10 years' time, he's like, okay, well, why don't we put aside this much revenue every year? And then suddenly you have a pool to spend, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just about thinking ahead, and even I think the the sort of budgeting aspect is probably one one step up. That would be very forward thinking, as you were saying, sort mm. of be pre planning budgets. But even just of an extent of thinking, who are going to be the major players in this game? Are we partnered with them already? Should we already be in discussions with them if we're not partnered with them, mm. so that when extended reality becomes uh, maybe more relevant for our customers? The the other thing I think. Uh, service providers and telcos could be doing now is sort of gauging the interest or the understanding within their customer bases. Mm. Now, at the moment, I should imagine there probably isn't a huge deal of understanding <laughs> or a huge deal of a huge deal of sort of aptitude towards it. However, if you, if you look at things that happen now, I talked about Hololens, but in Microsoft Teams this year, you will be able to create your virtual avatar, which will effectively be a a, a virtual version of yourself and meet through your avatar and meetings that's going to happen in 2022 so this is going to be i mean there's what 270 million monthly active teams users yeah. by the end of the year 270 million of those users are going to be exposed to this to this new technology in terms mm. of their virtual avatar so we are going to get an understanding of whether people think oh this is a bit of a gimmick or they or they think it's relevant so yeah you're absolutely right i think it's about a bit of forward planning and thinking ahead mm. and just being open to the to the concept really i think the customer demand thing is quite interesting because we've seen a few times in the past i mean you know both you and i are sub 40 so we've seen a few times in the past two decades where everyone was like oh that new technology i don't need that and then the technology came and then suddenly the demand just became like if, if yeah. you had said to me three years ago that i wanted 15 second videos in my life talking about things i'd be like that's way too short i, I like i like long podcasts yeah. I like, and suddenly i'm on tiktok and i'm like okay so yeah it's kind of interesting that when microsoft give all of this technology to that many people we may end up seeing demand be created for it as people find that it's actually quite useful because what we're talking about here is essentially replacing our heads on this phone call with a virtual avatar that i have customized about you know me that's gonna yeah. i think talk and move as well instead yeah. of so so i'll be moving my body and my face my camera will be picking up my movements and then a virtual avatar will be moving for me and speaking for me now yep. a lot of people will be thinking i don't need that i can just go on camera but we're starting to see a lot of the i mean you'll know about this as well the psychological impacts of having a camera on for like a three four hour call right in front of you on the screen we're starting to see a lot of people who obviously have problems say dressing for work you know maintaining a level of like that that quality of professional yep. dress at home especially when you've got kids around uh people and distractions in the background moving around in a home environment um as well as just sort of i guess the a stress relief in terms of taking that pressure of you having to be present and replacing it with something that stands as a proxy for you so 
there's a lot of people i think that may think this is silly and then the first time they try it they're going to be like actually that was much more comfortable just having yeah I think that's a really good point. And we don't, we've heard a lot about the sort of fatigue that it puts on a human of being staring at a screen. And I mean, I, I think I said this to you on the weekend. I mean, I, I tend to be completely distracted by my own face and I just end up staring <laughs> at my face yeah. for an hour, ch checking that I'm not doing anything stupid yeah. on the end. Um, so there, there, we're still experimenting with what is the most efficient way uh, in terms of the human psyche of having, you know, these, you know, lengthy virtual discussions. And so testing these sort of things, uh, avatars, it, it is, is worth doing if that yeah. if that turns out to be um, to be beneficial. I think the, the first point you made as well, which I wanted to come back to, was the sort of analogy with. Uh, technology seeming irrelevant or unnecessary mm. and the, the analogy that I made um, at the event was if you look at something like video so as you said Finbar both you and I are incredibly young so we <laughs> wouldn't necessarily remember this but but video was one of those things so 30 years ago it was confined pretty much exclusively to very large enterprises yeah. because you had to spend forty fifty thousand dollars or pounds or whatever euros or whatever your currency is kitting out a big meeting room there was lots of technology required mm. it was technical to work it was difficult to work it wasn't easy mm. and so effectively a lot of people thought of oh, video is very unnecessary i'm never going to need it in a business context and look at it now everyone is on video it's pretty much ubiquitous mm. um, and i think that is a pretty good analogy for at the moment it might seem that this is in the realm of oh, only very large enterprises who need that sort of collaborative mm. design element will want virtual reality or holographic content. But actually, once those technologies start to become established, the, the price of the hardware drops or some of those mm. sort of inhibiting <clears throat> factors are removed in yeah. terms of cost, technicality, and it will will become much more relevant for everyone else. So, yeah, I, I think that that point of just being open to it is probably sort of the, the primary philosophy that's important. And also, I think I think a lot of people don't realize is how much large companies set trends in terms of workplace. Yep. Like, because it's not just they're setting best practices for their industry. They're also just employing a lot of people who then take those practices out to other people. So a lot of what you see when it comes to a new technology is that someone like Google, Microsoft will build it. They'll use it internally. And then some of those 2003, I don't know how many employees these companies have, but some of those people will churn. They'll go to another company and they'll be like, well, Microsoft built this. It's really good. Why don't we use it as well? Yeah. And once the professional services companies, all those guys start using a technology, it's inevitable that smaller companies will start to use it as well because they talk to so many people in terms of both their customers and also their, their employees moving on to other places. So it's, it's very interesting to chart that trend and how that sort of goes after that. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I think effectively it is a it is a trickle down both from leading technology vendors and both from the really large enterprises who will start doing this and it will permeate down across um, mm. uh, and gradually become more more relevant to large and larger swathes of the pop. I think the other thing that is interesting and that will come into this is this the influence of uh, consumer technologies and at the moment and and you and i both know this the the majority of the use cases the the majority of the market for sort of extended reality is effectively within gaming yeah so uh, and a lot of that will will permeate through yeah. um there's there's a lot of the, the uptake of gaming I, I wanted to do some more detailed sort of uh, analysis on this in time for the event i, I didn't quite get around to it, it was i think that's all right. We like speculation technology. here. We don't yeah, need, we don't need details. Speculating. <laughs> but I think effectively gaming uptake uh, is 
it probably in the the sort of proportion increases the younger you are yeah um and a, a lot of those young people who are used to gaming and using extended reality whether it's in any of those games will enter the workforce yeah. and that you get this further per, as, as well as the trickle down that you're talking about you also get this permeation coming through from people who are used to using things in a commercial mm -hmm. setting um and in, in a consumer setting sorry coming into businesses and saying oh actually why don't we do something yeah. like this for, for that particular model so i think there's there's a couple of different ways that this will um uh, influx on the market yeah and also you know if people are using it at home it creates opportunities for you know in like the business model business business world is always chasing the consumer world to try and make consumers yep. feel better about what they're doing at business and if everyone is using xr at home for gaming and for watching films and stuff like that inevitably brand tiktok x is going to be doing a live stream of how they use xr in the office because they want to seem yeah. cool and and suddenly everyone has to use it because it's trendy and you know then it just takes off as a, as a cultural thing um, so it's going to be really interesting to see anyway that's all we've got time for today but thanks a lot patrick for joining us uh, and i'm going to cut back to myself to introduce the next section but i'll talk to you in a minute my pleasure thanks for not well, I hope you enjoyed that really fascinating conversation with Patrick. As always, I'd be delighted to talk about XR. Um, I think this is really important for the context of why we're running this podcast, the conversation topic of this podcast today, uh, M&A and telecoms. Obviously, we've been talking about different technologies, and we recently ran our large investor event. And we're going to be bringing to you, I think, probably next week, uh, two weeks' time, um, so our next episode, a conversation with our director, uh, Matt Townend, who, of course, has been influential in doing CDD and deals in this space, really to talk about what M&A and telecoms is happening, why it's so important. But really, we're in this very, very interesting situation, which many people will be aware of, where the technology that people have been using to communicate on a regular basis is drastically shifting away. And, you know, the last two years have drastically changed the, the dynamics of how people are communicating. And, you know, even I, who would have talked 10 years ago on a desk phone, as we talked to Patrick about, um, have now switched and sh shifted to this primarily video form of communication, even to the extent of doing video-based podcasts with and interviews with people um, through this fantastic medium of being able to actually reach out to people through the camera and get that body language into the communications. So really, we're in a situation where, you know, the telecoms industry has never been changing more and more and more. Uh, sorry, has never changed more than it has now. And really, we're in a situation where we are drastically shifting away from the paradigms that have defined the communications industry for the last 20 years. It's not to say there isn't still a lot of voice calling going on, but even how that technology is deployed, developed, and managed is shifting. Um, you know, we're going to talk a lot about cloud on this podcast over the next sort of weeks, months, you know, years. Uh, and one of the key things that's going to underline that is a very drastic understanding of how businesses, employees, and individuals are using cloud, right? And it used to be a situation where I, as a user who wanted to access something at home, would email it to myself on my home email address so that I could work on something at home if my office didn't enable me to take that home with me in some way, if I didn't have a laptop or something like that. Now we're in a situation where I'm working on Teams, I'm working on Office 365, or I'm working on Google Documents, I basically just walk away from the computer where I am in the office. Someone calls me away for a meeting. I don't have to think, oh, I better rush back to my computer and save it. 
It's already auto-saved. It's already in the cloud. I'm going to go home as soon as I finish that meeting. I'm not going to try and go back to my desk and, you know, I'll make sure it's saved properly, all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to leave everything. Maybe someone pulls me off site for a quick meeting about a customer or something. Um, you know, and I'm just going to go home. I'm going to be able to pick that up at home. Not that I should always be working at home, but, you know, sometimes you do. And I'm going to be, you know, maybe I'm working from home the next day. So it's not a case of working late. I just need that document at home. Suddenly, I'm not worrying about where these things are. The cloud, like that's just one example of where the cloud has infiltrated into the workspace to a drastic extent that you don't even realize how much you're using cloud on a day-to-day -day basis just to ensure that all of your, you know, your, you know, your, your documents, your communications, everything is in the same place. Everything is understood in the same way. Everything is as easy for you as possible as a user to access, maintain, and move around. Now, this is where it gets kind of important because in telecoms, that same shift is happening. And I, as a user of telecoms devices, don't want to have to keep my contacts different on my PC, my laptop, my phone. I want that all synced. I don't want to have to look up a chat or an email on my computer and not have it on my phone. I don't basically want any friction at all in the experience. And to be honest, I don't need it. And, you know, we'll bring in Patrick again. He'll talk to us about Microsoft Teams and what people are doing with that. But the reality is that frictionless communication in telecoms... Uh, is driving a lot of mergers and acquisitions. Technically, um, sorry, there are a lot of technical purchases happening which are being driven not necessarily just by the customer base of the company or the value of the business, but by the technology and the skills that the business has to offer in terms of things like call recording, things like um, automated, um, you know, passing and, and writing down of calls and transcribing of calls in terms of a better way of, of video calling and better quality of video calling. There's loads of different things that are influencing mergers and acquisitions in telecoms. And if that's the sort of thing that interests you, I'm going to have to say, why don't you come back the next episode? We're going to dive in a bit more into M&A and telecoms. We're going to make things really interesting. Um, and this is just kind of a bit of an overview of one of the topics we're going to talk about. For those of you still listening who think that everything we've talked about is really interesting, obviously, please do rate this podcast wherever you're listening to it so other people can help find us. And of course, um, you know, we will be coming with, you know, the goal of this podcast is to educate, bring our thoughts on on cloud, on communications, on networks to everyone in a really easy, digestible, fun and conversational manner. So, you know, we will be setting up channels and ways to get in contact with us. Obviously, if you're already a customer of ours, you know how to get in touch with us. Let us know the sort of topics you want to hear. We set up those channels. Uh, we'll be more than happy to address them. And of course, as we already have done in a few episodes that we hit, we've put up previously before events and things like that, we will be getting other companies on board to talk to you about what they're doing, how interesting that is, uh, and the sort of things that you can expect to come in from them. So if that sounds like your kind of, co kind of content, make sure you follow us. This is only episode one. Episodes will be coming out every two weeks. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope you found this interesting and speak to you all again very, very soon.